0: To play now, put me in the game now, I came here to prove it, I'm ready to do it, I can't be afraid now, put me on the stage now, I'm ready to rage
1: now, I feel like an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out.
0: Hey guys, Jamie here, and welcome to another awesome episode of Mindset with Muscle. This episode is quite a special one. Last week, I went down to catch up with my good friend, Mr. Andy McKenzie. For those of you who don't know who Andy is, Andy is a strength and conditioning coach, and he was in the military for many, many years. He's a very good friend, and he's got lots of wisdom to share. And a little bit later on in the year, we're going to be doing something really special. Lots of great things to take away from this episode, which I've titled, Things I Wish I Knew 10 Years Ago. Enjoy. Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Mindset with Muscle podcast. I'm very excited because I have a very good friend on who hasn't been on this podcast for a while and is also my first guest of 2019. Before I tell you who this person is, I'm going to do a little bit of an introduction because um this guy is awesome he is a strength and conditioning coach he has a background of very much like me being in the military one of the youngest persons to have ever completed p company at the age of 16 and for those of you who don't know what p company is it's a pretty tough military course with a very high failure rate and this guy obviously completed it at the age of 16, which is quite mental. 17. 17. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm, t- I'm trying my best to do this introduction you... and, and build you up, Andy, but this guy, guy is Andy McKenzie. Andy, how are you? I'm very well I, I, I tried my best for that intro, I really did. You build uh, me um, up then, I'm going to have to say, Jamie, stop. Me, at, you. Just, at just five years of age, <laughs> <laughs> at five years of age, the man completely this. But um, it's, it's good to have you on, Andy, and I've had you on a couple of times before I think on the previous episodes of Mindset Muscle and some of my biggest downloaded podcasts were our episodes because we do kind of go quite deep on them we have been around the block you obviously more than me <laughs> and I always gain some really good insights when we have our conversations We, before we actually whack record on this podcast we were just sitting down and chatting for the last hour and had obviously lots of things to say And uh, we always seem to do so. So thank you for coming on and jumping into this podcast. Now, we wanted to create a bit of a theme for this. And I kind of fired this at you before we got cracking today. And it was five things that you wish you knew ten years ago. So there's lots of things that I wish I knew ten years ago, like the lottery numbers. That would have been really, really nice. But I would be very interested to hear... Five things from your own life from 10 years ago Which you wish you knew now Yeah Or the other way around
1: It's an interesting question Um, And before we start It's something that I don't really like as well And I'll tell you the reason why Is I think because people can almost um, Avoid the inevitable By listening to somebody else's um, Troubles that they've actually went through And I suppose that's sort of like quite key. Um.
0: I think as well it is difficult because in order, like you say you wish you knew it 10 years ago, but then you are where you are are today because of those things that you didn't know. Mm. And it's that kind of argument where if you knew them 10 years ago, you'd probably still want to go through them because you wouldn't believe that they were true. Yeah, And I think that's a very big thing for me. Like anything that I've majorly kind of fucked up, I'm glad it happened because I learned something that, Carries on to be more valuable in my life, mm. and you don't learn from successes; you learn from failures. Yeah. Huge. So if you have no failures, then how do you know where you went wrong? Mm. And I think that's that can be the worst thing. If someone, I think you see it with a lot of companies, and that when they someone suddenly has a very successful company, and, and it was the right place, right time, right opportunity, and they assume that that kind of things normal. And I've seen that with a lot of people. Um, example when i won my shows from bodybuilding in the first year worst thing that happened Mm -hmm. because it really affected me when i didn't place but it wasn't until i didn't place that i really learned most about nutrition and training so your first one Andy, what would you say it would be
1: so so building off this i think it's um trying to mirror or do what other people have done or even avoided what other people have done. And I think the reality from that is because you lose a sense of really who you are. And one of the things is, so for for example, like um, I used to read about how other people used to manage their time. um, And then you then start to try and do that. But the reality is it never really fits in your lifestyle. And all of a sudden you can get a real sense of loss or another sense of shit, I failed at that or I'm not really good at that. So it's um, it's it's trying to sort of like uh, mirror other people and what they've done. It's something I learned from when I used to study NLP, um, and I believe it's a mistake that I actually made. So I try to look at if I reframe it sort of like quicker. Um, I try to look at other people and go, I wish I was a little bit more like this guy, um, and then I then get lost because as you try to become that person, then another person comes up who like might be different in personality might be slightly more charismatic or even sort of like carefree so you've got you're trying to mirror the person who's like really diligent they've got their time management down in order but then you've got another guy who's off doing like crazy videos and they're living like a like an idyllic lifestyle in bali or something like that and for me like i just got lost trying to be too many things Letting like looking at other person's um how they were successful and stuff like that. So for me, that I think that's sort of like quite key now. And I wish so, I'd taken the time sooner to really ask the question: What do I want? And yeah. I didn't really do that until a couple of years ago. Um, and for me, that was like a, a quite a key turning point to where I am now. Because like if I if I look at ten years ago, that was a time when I was just getting out of the military. I was a little bit lost. I was trying to sort of Remove myself from um, being like a senior NCO and into the wide world of like Civic Street as we know it. But at the same time, I just, I literally got lost because I was scrabbling and looking at what other people are doing, thinking, oh, they are successful, therefore I need to go and do that. Um, And I didn't really ask that question of, what do you want? And I think that's quite key. That is um, something that will, if you do it properly, will annoy you, it will almost haunt you um it will poke you in the chest proverb a uh, proverbial poke in the chest but for me it's actually quite key you can less for example you can listen to this podcast um, but if you don't really ask the question at the end of this what do you actually want you the listener then it's futile because for me i think one of the key things is ever since i've known that when i asked that question of what i want it made my learning better because I was more focused on what I wanted. Therefore, I thought, right, I don't know this, therefore I need to learn that. Um, I want to achieve this for me, therefore I need to do that, that, and that. Um, and on the flip side, when you are literally just looking at what everybody else is um, doing, or have done, um, then you get lost. And yeah.
0: that's probably my, that's, that's my first one. I think something that i read, very much so and and it's a brilliant concept I'm really into mental models framing and mirroring is one of those mental models mm. look at who you desire to become and mimic their habits because success leaves clues and something that you said there is what do you want there's something called um, an inversion model mm-hmm. and it's called what don't you want yeah and I think Sometimes it's easier to get to what you want by understanding what don't you want. And they, they say this is quite a very simplistic analogy. You go to your missus and say, what do you want to eat? And they go, do you want Chinese? Nah. And instead of actually trying to figure out what you want, mm. you literally go, what don't you want to eat? Yeah. And then it becomes very much easier to understand what you're feeling because you know directly what you do not want. And when I look at things in my life, I go, right, what things don't I want to do Mm. and that actually brings me a lot clearer in what the things I want to do and there was a great quote by Naval Ravikam that said to eradicate envy you've got to look at successful people unless you're happy to completely change your life for somebody else never get jealous and I think that's important because there's people that earn so much money and then I go well hang on a minute Let's just say that we had that kind of, that freaky Friday where we swapped brains. Would I be happy? Well, I wouldn't be, because I'd have to say goodbye to Eliza. I'd have to say goodbye to my house. I'd have to say goodbye to the people that I care about because it's completely different and they live a different life. Yeah, And that enables me to then look at what somebody has and go, yeah, and it's not like, yeah, but. It's like, yeah, that's great, but I am very content with the things that I have. So there's other things now when it comes to building my business that I do not want to sacrifice in order for that success. Yeah, huge. First and foremost, family, having that balance of time. And that comes back to what I've discussed before in this podcast where I've fucked things up by having a kind of a misguided thought process of what it was that I thought success was. Mm. Hustling, working my bollocks off, achievement, 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 ticking boxes and not realizing that actually you know this is going to make you a very lonely person because all you're thinking about is yourself and other people that don't actually matter yeah um so that was kind of a big realization of what you want is important but also what you don't want mm. and
1: I, th- I think the key thing especially from a social media perspective now and uh, dare i say the younger generation is the people who are successful or th- they make it look easy and i think that's something you've got to uh, really look beyond because it isn't um and, and people who are very very good at the they look like they've got this seamlessly um lifestyle you think wow that just looks look his lifestyle looks amazing i want that but the reality is that's just like a, a snippet in what that person's done to a get there or to to be actually maintain is far different from what they uh, promote online because part of the illusion of uh, these people who are um, supposedly more successful than yourself is they create that illusion of yeah this is this is great this is fantastic have all this but it's nothing like that mate
0: float like a duck and paddle like fuck That's what I like to call it. And that's
1: why every time I see a doc, I always think of you, mate. (laughs) That's why you always take me in. I always take a picture and say, Jamie, I'm thinking of you, buddy.
0: And I think that's so important because I, you know, I I tell people how difficult it is. And, you know, I've been through a lot of difficulty over the years in business. But people don't need to see that. People need to see an inspiring message in that. But that's no way near me saying that things aren't difficult. And that also gives me confidence because, you know, if you're making it look easy, the chances are... you've know, you been doing it a long time and it's a kind of tip of the iceberg now for me to maintain my physique I probably need to train twice a week Mm. and not that hard and I can have gin on the weekends could I have done that 15 years ago no but because I've been doing resistance training for 20 years now and have developed that physique over time things are a lot easier now but if you were to judge if you were new to training and you were to do what I'm currently doing it's not going to work for you because you haven't done the work and I think that's so prevalent in business and that as well yeah. things naturally come easier to people because habitually they've been doing it for so long Yeah, and it's a lot easier for them to do because they've had success in certain things I, I spoke about this with regards to muscle regain mm-hmm. someone asked me a very interesting question and I said look there's a kind of a physiological and a psychological response to it kind of the psychological one is if you know that you've been there before it's easier to do because you've already achieved that success. Mm. It's like if a, if a millionaire went broke, it wouldn't take him that long to become a millionaire if it took him 20, 30 years to get to that stage because yeah. he knows now the habits and routines that took him there. Mm. And I think a lot of people's confidence comes with that success. They're not as confident in doing things because they haven't seen a result from it yet. Yeah. So I'm very much interested in that kind of mentality with, with a lot of things.
1: Do you, I appreciate this, like... Uh, in part of the podcast is about like like things I would do ten years ago, but what you just touched on there in terms of training and stuff like that, it's one of the biggest problems I see in fitness and, and what it is is like the um, the training to actually get fit whatever you whatever you perceive to be and maintain that fitness for me is two completely different things. And and again and this is where like a beginners program, a genuinely beginners program, if you've never done fitness before is completely in contrast and different to um, what a program looks like for somebody who is fit, and I think that's where in reality people get lost because they look at somebody who's doing for like hit training, they're doing like a metabolic condition workout that looks insane, and they think, oh, I need to do that to get fit, and it's com- and it's completely wrong. They need to do they need to get the fundamentals in yeah. first, and um, and that's really difficult um, because you're you're really. all this other information is pushed upon you and you're seeing things that um, that isn't right and I think that's the key that people have got to understand in terms of fitness in in order for the industry to move on and provide a better service for example they need to get better actually promoting those two things in terms of like this is the fundamentals Um, appreciate they're not really as sexy and, and, and glamorous as this session here but in order to get to there you've actually got to do that yeah And you will see uh, more people if they did that would be uh, successful in their goals than they are with doing the high-end stuff um, and failing again and again
0: yeah again I think it's a getting a balance between wants and needs because we know what people need but that might not necessarily be what they want because they don't know what they want yeah so what people want is a six-pack and a phenomenal physique what people need is to move a little bit more Mm. and build up a good relationship with their body and self-confidence yeah but they're not thinking about that they're looking at that end goal so anything that they can get there as fast as possible is what they kind of want and I think a lot of this comes down to marketing of giving people the fundamentals but making it sexy yeah and if you can do that, then you kind of solve the game because you're kind of making people do the things that you you know that they need to do, but they actually want to do it because they enjoy it. And mm-hmm. I think that's very much like nutrition. You're trying to make things systemize it with things like intermittent fasting and stuff like that. This is why people sell so many books because at the end of the day, no books would sell if the only answer is the fundamental, which is eat less than you burn to lose weight. Yeah. You, know, you, can, you don't even need to write a book on that. Because every single book and every single bestseller is based on that. Can we follow that to get that? And that's what we want to do with training as well. We want: can we get that person to enjoy what they're doing, but really we want them to move a bit more, yeah, and improve their strength and confidence. So number two, <laughs> that's kind of like number number six, but
1: um, yeah, no, it's, ju- it's just one thing's there because it's ju- it's just that part of the industry. Um. I think because we were talking a bit earlier you know, about cliches and stuff like that but this one is like I think I see time and time again but reality is like get rid of people quicker in my life because especially again if I if we just keep it at the 10 year mark right that was like in my very early 30s coming out of the military um trying to establish myself there was just there was the wrong people in 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 my gut I knew the I had to get rid of them um but for one for a better word whether it was like fear of um, certain things. I, I kept them uh, as part of me. Um, so when I, when I look back now, I would have just thought, right, you need to go. Um, and it's the same with now, in terms of the way I judge people now, is probably of a higher standard. So for example, when I was in the military um, and in uh, on pre-parachute selection staff, you would look at people and think, would I want to serve with this guy? Do I want this guy... In the regiment, do all want him to do, do? I want to work alongside him. And if it was like a, an emphatic no, then it would be gone. They would have to prove themselves. So that's the sort of like standard that I've got now. People are
0: people are worried about that though. I think people are worried about offending people, and people are concerned that go okay, Who are you to Who are you to cancel me out? They don't think that they can do that. And I think that's that. I think that's the hardest thing for a lot of people. It's like
1: see, th- this isn't about the older uh, you. You become the five people you're surrounded with, or like if your mom or your parents. It's nothing like that because the reality is like there's always going to be people that you're going to have to suffer. Yeah. Um. Like, and you you've only got to look at your immediate family sometimes when you look at that, but you've got to take that because the thing is you've got to like manage people to a certain degree, but there's gonna be people who just aren't good for you. Yeah. Um and like and there's lots of different analogies, but I would look at people as drains and radiators. Some people will drain the life out of you and other people will radiate good energy. And I and I get it and for me I would try and like look for the best in people and try to get best out of people. However, it's literally sucked me dry. And for me, in order I want to radiate and give people the best of me and therefore sometimes and as harsh as which uh, you may look at it you have got to remove people like that um yeah. and when I and what I've got even now Jamie I think which is quite key I do I just do it quicker and quicker and quicker to the point that some people don't even get close enough to actually get to that point I've just got that thing of like you know what I don't really see the value in this relationship and and I don't think you have to um, you don't have to you don't have to give people like a point system or anything like that. It's not as um, no, clear as that. But it's just I just look at it. I think yeah. I don't really see the value. And but I would rather spend time with uh, my like my family or like good friends who, who like I really value their time.
0: But relationship is transactional, and something I said to my um, trainer J group was the reason that your partner is with you mm. is because that you have something that they want. So it's a selfish need yeah and friendships are transactional they're selfish because like I'll hang out with a friend because he helps level me up mm-hmm. and he hopefully hangs out with me because they leave and they go wow really really good and I think a lot of people don't understand it's, it's that kind of thing like you've got old school friends and you feel like a duty to have to see mm. them because you've been friends for 20 years mm. and That and that's a cop-out just because you've been friends for 20 years doesn't mean that you need to continue to be friends especially if the relationship isn't transactional and it's a drain. Oh, I've got to go and see that person. And I know family sometimes can be like that, but I honestly think that pe- people should do that because if some if you're not doing this kind of filtration system, you've got unnecessary drains on your happiness and, mm. and if you've got drains on your happiness, you've probably got drains on your health. Yeah. And all of these kind of interlink where you do have the choice to choose that. I think so many people are caught up in the opinions of that person so if I choose not to spend time with that person what would they think of me who gives a fuck you know like yeah, you sometimes have to be ruthless like that I say that and it's just exactly the same with filtering the friends list on Facebook it's the same as unfollowing people on Instagram people are worried that if they unfollow someone on Instagram that they'll end up some massive trade off where they're messaging hey why did you unfollow me and stuff mm-hmm. like that and I'm just like because it's making you feel better yeah um and so many people now i think the biggest problem that we have is the abundance of information and that constant dopamine hits of everything that's going on in your life which is causing you not to get fuck all done yeah and what you need to learn now is the art of not being so fucking distracted and to focus, you know, I have my phone, like today is Phone Swap Thursday, yes I have my phone on me because it has a map and I wouldn't be able to find Andy's place if I couldn't have it. <coughs> x roll signals. <laughs> Mag to grid. <laughs> but I'm not on social media today and it feels incredible because I'm able just to be in the moment with real people, which, some, which is something that people do not have. And I make it my mission on most Thursdays to go. Okay, I usually swap my phone for a nice little f- flip-up car phone. Yeah. And I have the biggest gift that I can give anyone, and that is my undivided attention, mm. which is so rare these days. You've only got to look uh, on a train or anywhere, and people are just so focused on yeah. their mobile phone, and it's and it's crazy.
1: I, I think that's a good measure of a relationship in terms of. Um if you can be in their company and just almost forget about your phone. Cause I really, that, that's the bit that I feel privileged with knowing people now that I go and visit and it's almost like, I'll, I'll make, I'll, I may make like a, a statement on Instagram, so I'm gonna see uh, so-and-so, but when I get there, it's almost like phones away. Two or three hours has gone by and it's like, wow. And for me, that's like a genuine connection. But this comes back to the part the first part is like, what do I actually want? And I think it's fine to be selfish because yeah. in order, when to truly do that and truly understand that, you can be selfless for other people, and it's you can't do it the other way around. Yeah. So for me, like understanding, what do I generally want in life, or what do I want to get out of life? And for me, what I, when I look back, what, what I want to have seen, and that comes down to getting rid of the right, wrong people in order to spend time with the right people because the energy, um, and it's almost like creating that ripple effect. Of they walk away feeling great, and then they will want that connection again and again. I think that's so important, mate, especially nowadays where everybody thinks, "Oh, we're connected because we've got social media." And I posted up something the other the other day as well. I was like, "One of my biggest values is I value connection over consumption." It's why I think it's I think it's great that because we get together, even though we talk a lot online, we still make time to actually, even though we're really busy, we still generally make time to have a face to face. It's why that in my groups that I run as well is I always like the face-to-face interaction because things spill out that you didn't even know it would like come yeah. out like uh, an innocuous conversation, and all of a sudden you've got like a great business idea, you've got a great idea, um, and everything doesn't have to be ab- about business. But you might have like a great restaurant to go to, you might have something you might never have read about. Um, but it's just in that moment, and I think that's, that yeah. for me, when you actually start asking these questions, um, you, you just create a better life for yourself.
0: Yeah, and, and for me it's fundamental. I mean, most of what I do is online. Any program that I've done, usually the end of that program involves some, some form of meetup. Yeah. So any eight week program, like, usually we have like a photo shoot where everyone gets together and shares their stories. Any of the other mail programs, we have bi monthly meetups, so we get together, we do some stuff, and mm. you get to really know those people behind yeah. that laptop or behind that phone. And I think that is so important because that's the real connection. And it's very hard to see what's going on with somebody through Facebook and, and social media until you meet them in person because everyone can put on a brave face online, mm. but it's very hard to do that in person because you can see what's on that person's mind. So I think it's so important to have that kind of connection with people. But also in order to do that, you need to have that kind of relationship with your phone, relationship with technology and know when to switch it off. Yeah, And that's something that it's taken me a long time to do. And this year, yeah, you know, it's getting a lot better. Um, and I want to get to a certain stage where I'm spending more time actually seeing people than I am actually being online because yeah. a lot of what i'm going to be doing over the next month or year or so will be doing more touring more seeing people in person mm-hmm. and then adding that to the online stuff that i do
1: yeah it's got to work. It's, it, you've got to meet both ways but i think that one of getting rid of people quicker as well it doesn't have to be sort of like a it sounds like quite a cutting statement, um, but what you alluded to earlier as well, which I think is quite key from a social media aspect, if you're following somebody and it's not doing you, If you generally look and you can't get... Well, let me just sort of like rephrase that. I think if you look at somebody and you feel jealous or you feel anxious or whichever the field that it evokes in you, you've really then got to look back at yourself and think, right, forget about them for a second. Why am I feeling like that? When I look at this person, so for example, if I look at their life and I think while wow, their life is much better than mine, I don't like. Do you know what I mean therefore I'm jealous? You can't stay in that so that that frame of mind for too long. You've actually got to turn around and go right. Remove that for a second. What do I have to do in my life to actually make it a lot better? Because and and most of the time, it's making it simpler because we just pile on far too much shit. Yeah. far too much pressure and therefore we just then we look at other people and think oh they've got it better than me when they haven't it's just a yeah. different version but simplify and you will feel
0: much that, better I think that comes down to being more self aware of your feelings which a lot of people aren't You know, a lot of people avoid that mate because yeah. it's uh, a lot
1: of people do you know what it is because it's not an immediate thing that pops out because if, look, most people don't spend enough time on it and um, Or they try everything else To actually avoid that part It's like Everything's almost like a quick fix Ah I can read this And I can I can understand that No you have to go through it
0: Yeah definitely So moving on to Is that number three Are we on? Or number four?
1: No I think number three Three And this This probably like Sort of like follows on From maybe what we are speaking about So um, Without it turning into A Deidre session When like Sort of like ten years ago I left the military Started a new job, started a business with my uh, now ex-wife. We started a day spa and then like got divorced. Like, my life literally just went fucking bang. Um, and in terms of when you look at um, everything you used to cope with in the military, like the stressful situations of going to war, invariably that was easier than actually dealing with the stress of life. Um, and people say what and it's like well at the end of the day I was trained to actually deal with um, the concept of war because you go through drills and it becomes like uh, it becomes automatic it becomes an instinct but when I left um, and went into that it was like a completely different phase in my life when I look back almost it's like a blur there's certain years where uh, I look back in some pictures and I think wow I don't even actually recognise me in terms of like it's me but it's like it's just i think man that's not me and one of the things that i did and i dwelled on sort of like far too long was trying to skip all of that like i skipped the uh the emotion and turmoil of divorce for about three or four years because i thought i don't want to deal with that and i threw myself into work and that literally bit me in the ass big time and then it was almost like coming out of one thing and then in, into like a poor relationship or another poor relationship. Whereas the problem wasn't them, it was the relationship with myself. I mean, so this can go off in like quite a, a, like a few tangents. And one of the key things that I find, and, and, and I think it's fundamental, is for me, is like you can't read a book to skip an emotion. So I don't mind now, like I'm quite hot-headed but equally I can be the most common person when somebody else is in complete shit state. Um, I can be loving, but at the same time I can sort of like, I can put up the, uh, like the armor and defense and and make people think, wow, he's really sort of like frosty. So I understand now as a human, we've got all these emotions, we've got all these instincts, but we, we tend to, and, and and I'm talking really from a personal point of view, we tend to sort of like try and avoid them, so for me, like I avoided the emotion, turmoil, and, and like not wanted to cry, and all those sort of, like, certain things, I've gone through that. And I would read books, I would read online, I was thinking, how am I going to get through this? And I'm going to read this book to genuinely um, try and get better. I want to get back to this feeling of being just who I am. And it didn't work. And it, and it sounds almost like, well, you did read a book, but um, so I did. So where I come up with it is I read The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. And it was one of them books, Jamie, Where is I bought it years before when I was in the army and I thought, this is fucking bollocks. But somebody told me to buy it anyway, so I thought I'll buy it and I'll look a little bit more fucking zen than I am. Shelf, back and forth, back and forth. And then I read this part of like he's uh, being happy and then like uh, being immersed in emotion and just allowing it to happen. And it's at that point there, I just thought, book down, I need just to let all this out cry laugh whatever it is that I'm, that I'm stopping or avoiding i need to allow it to happen and and it was almost like a real massive turning point where i put the book down didn't have to look at a website and i just literally went through what i needed to get through and ever since then it's been it's almost like a revelation so i um let's say if um, i get pissed off i flip quicker to feeling all right again whereas before i dwell too much and gone oh do you mean i'd be in that moment for far too long whereas now it's in and out yeah and th- that comes back to like uh, practicing what we were chatting earlier on about like mindfulness and and i, I like, use meditation in a, in a sort of like a different way and um, because i think that's like a like an overused thing at the minute um but meditation doesn't have to be like like sitting in a room with candles and all that sort of stuff, it can just be really aware of how you are at that time,
0: yeah.
1: I, that, sorry, that, I, I know yeah. that's for, for the people listening, that's quite a lot of information. There's in and, and, and I'll be quite honest with you like, I'm really thinking about I don't really, I'm, I've still got like guarded emotion as well because it, it was like mm. for me, like, quite a horrid time, but th- at the same time, when I look back, I, I feel great now. Um, but the key thing is there is like I, I just don't hold onto anything anymore. But it's in, I almost recognize it and it goes back out again. And it's made life, in a, in a
0: sense, much easier. I think that's what people struggle with because it's something that I said before. Strength training for your physique is no different to mindset training in the fact that in order for your body to get stronger... You need stress, resistance, tension, but also the most important thing is rest and recovery. Mm-hmm. Mental conditioning, you need to put yourself under stress, tension, resistance. But one of the biggest problems that people don't have is rest and recovery. Yeah, yeah, because they're in it. Because They they,
1: they don't oh, switch off. They, you know, the, rest of yeah. Yeah, the rest of the recovery is actually looking to resolve the issue. It's like, I'm really fatigued, but rather than just going... Down. It's like I'll look at ways to manage fatigue. And it's like, listen, the, and, the way to manage it, is just stop.
0: Yeah. And give yourself. And, a and, breather. It's, and it's a lot like, you know, if you want to get bigger legs, it's you're not going to sit and squat 24 hours a day. But then that's what people do with their head. Mm. They don't give that time to rest. You know, when you when you finish working a muscle, you're out of the gym, you're getting some rest and recovery to go back in and put more stress and tension. The two problems that people have is one, they don't give it the rest and recovery, mm. and when they do, they don't get fucked back into the game.
1: I'd say there's three. There's the other one is like sometimes where people don't really push hard enough as well. Because everybody's talking about you've you've really got to, I think you've got to put yourself, and this is going back to this thing is sometimes I don't like questions like this because I don't want people to almost like take the, maybe the knowledge um, that we've maybe given across now and use that to, to like circumnavigate their situation. Sometimes it's great to actually like experience is a great teacher because yeah. what it is is like for me, experience always comes down to this thing is like the, you'll come to, you'll make a decision quicker and quicker and quicker. I yeah. think that's the effect, isn't it? Like if you look at it from a business point of view, like you make all these mistakes, yeah. you go into it a second time and
0: then it's like, ah, oh, I don't need to do that again because I know it already happens. But I think one of the biggest things that I've had to develop since leaving the military mm. is empathy because I see people's problems are so minuscule in comparison to bigger ones. Yeah. That it took me a long time to realize that, you know, a, a random example of this, the first job that I had, this, this person was really stressed. And I mean beyond like red and puffy because they couldn't find some staplers. Mm. And I was taken aback because I was just like, how can someone get so stressed and caught up over something so small? But to that person, that was one of the most stressful things that they could go through. And if you were to put both of us under a a microscope or whatever, we'd probably—you put me out in Baghdad, Mm. um, you you know—pandemonium around me, and you put her around with some staples. We're probably on the same level. Yeah, and that comes down to that experience. Mm. And I think empathy is being able to understand that the experiences that you feel and you've been through it's not a competition it's actually luck that you've been able to experience these things and get through it because it enables you to have a stronger personality so you don't need to compare yourself to others with that you need to empathize and remember that you're very lucky that you don't find things like that so stressful so it makes life a lot easier yeah and that comes down to being able to once again when i'm dealing with some staff and they have a lot of stressful things and i'm just like that's not stressful you know, like the worst thing in the world to them is sort of, you know, a good day for me. Um, but rather than go just shut up and get on with it, it's empathize and understand that that's probably equivalent to where I am now with my stuff. Yeah. And I think that's where I've developed a strong mindset with putting my, my feet in other people's shoes instead of looking at the world spinning around me. Yeah. Because so many people do that. I mean, they wake up and they're in this, what has the world got in store for me today? Mm. as opposed to waking up and going what can I do for others today and it's that reactive versive you know reactive versus responsive mentality yeah and I'm very much focused on filling up my vessel first before helping others So mm. that's that selfishness selflessness that you were talking about before. you need to look after yourself first so you can help other people. I need to swap my phone on Thursday because Friday, I've got live streams and I'm buzzing, mm. and that's gonna impact more lives than me being on my phone on Thursday and then coming on live on a Friday and doing a half-assed effort because I'm knackered. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that kind of balance of being okay to, to have that rest and recovery as well. T- mm. You know, 2016, no, beginning of 2017, I had to just say to everyone, look, just fuck off. <laughs> actually yeah. i'm like i'm tired i have been
1: do you, do you know the do you, funny that you say that mate as well is that i think that's the the time when you find out who's genuinely there or who's who's around you for the right reasons yeah do you know what I mean because this, this is when you get the hangers on who's like well i can't really get this anymore I, I can't really get this association and it's quickly ah, move on but the right people will be around and i think that's quite key um It's funny when you say, like, uh, when you look at when I look at people now and and they're stressed and they're literally like over the smallest things. I then look and go, right, well, that for me is like that's the one percent that's going to start to crack. That's when the cracks are starting to really appear. And that's the point where people really need to cut back and think, right, why am I actually so um, irate over a a stapler? Do you mean for me? I would look at I think one of the key things is like for people to really be mindful and look out for other people as well is to rather than look at people and think oh my god they're like sort of like really angry or frustrated or whatever it's like give them a little bit more leeway
0: a little bit and understand that there might be something else like going at home and I think it helps to have I mean you run a big group I run big groups and one thing I've learned over years is, is what somebody tells me is not a reflection on me mm. it's usually If someone has really written a long email, slagging off my program, slagging off this, and really, you know, being really specific, it's not anything to do with me, it's usually, are you okay? Mm. Yeah. And it's just they needed to get that out, and they're fine now. Um, And, you know, yourself as a coach, has got to be really careful with that, because it's very easy for us to do that when we're under a lot of stress and pressure. But also, it kind of relaxes you a bit, because you don't get caught up in the opinions of other people, because Mm. you know that, something that I say before those who shout hate are usually asking for help yeah and most people do not comment neg- you know if you see a massive comment or email that's negative instantly my head doesn't go oh, what have I done mm. it's what's up with that person yeah that person it, actually
1: is it's almost like an undertone of something else is wrong yeah and it's like uh, yeah
0: yeah and you can't fight fire with fire you know if it, it, I've been doing this for a year now on, on Instagram someone. Like, savages me in a post, mm. I will make the effort to go onto their Instagram to find something that they love, mm. a dog or something like that. And rather than respond with fire, respond positively and just go, hey, cool, wow, station. For, know, for a, like,
1: a moment there, I thought you were going to say I want to throw pepper on it and go, your dog is the ugliest fucking dog I've ever seen in my life.
0: But it, it's, it's deflect. Yeah, but it fucks people's heads up because like, I've just savaged you. Hmm. Probably because I'm in a bad place, and you've just responded with positivity, and that f- not only fucks that person's head up, but I've yet to have someone respond negatively to that. Yeah, it's even no response or a positive one.
1: There's um there's a beautiful post written by uh, I think the woman's about ninety two years old. Um, and I'll dig it out for you so you can read it. It's like 42 things. And there's, there's a thing, uh, one of the last lines at the bottom, and it says, if you wrote down your problems um, and someone else found them, um, they would worry that that's the, 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 they've left their problems out for someone else to see. you know what I mean? So invariably, all our problems are in some way pretty much. We, we go through the same stuff just yeah. at different times. That's what I believe. Yeah, do you know what I mean because like, yeah. everybody thinks oh my god I'm the only person that's actually going through and it's like at this time there is people that are going through the same thing and we just it's like different cycles of life whether you like it or not are not that different yeah. apart from you're better at Tekken than me and stuff like that Tekken No I mean, more, PlayStation. Com- <laughs> more
0: more combat speaking of which before we start this podcast <laughs> you know I enticed you, Andy you set to me get up. you set me up I, I got Andy to get Mega Drive I have been playing with Eliza for the last few months um, and I said you best start preparing for Mortal Kombat And he got savaged How, old, only- is,
1: how old is Eliza? Five So so basically you used a five year old as a Confidence punching bag As a comp- Virtually, st- You use a five year old virtual punching bag to train to come up here but that's, <laughs> Seriously mate, that is, that is calculating it this, is. this is a it type is. of person I'm dealing with when it comes to the games There you go Okay, you go. cool
0: on to number four Mr McKenzie on
1: to number four Um, right there's a uh, right in terms of if I I go through the the uh, the time 10 years ago would be just basic business like uh, accounts cash flow little things like that not that I just thought I'll, I'll move that on to someone else whereas if I had a better understanding I wouldn't have ran myself into like troubles at certain points Um, and I think that's become more and more prevalent, like the, um, understanding cash flow now means I've actually built like, which is a great office space slash gym. Um, just, yeah, using that as a, as a guide, whereas I understand that implicitly, whereas before I didn't, and I just wasted money, um, when I first started business. So just to really understanding how a business works and set myself up. Because if you look at it, I came from the military where it um, be all did, Oh, I mean, forget about that, any job, you get paid at the end of the month. Whereas, um, like from a cash flow sort of point of view, then that money's not gonna be the same every month. And I spent like it was, yeah. um, and I didn't take into account that there's gonna be slow months and months where they're gonna be um, like a lot busier and the like
0: equipment costs all the little things when you, when I look back and I think oh man but again it was but like it's a squatty mentality as well I mean yeah. there, there's many things that the army has given me benefits to mm. discipline you know persistence and that but there's many things that fuck me up Yeah. you know the military is a very communistic approach mm. everyone has the same amount kind of gets paid the same and you yeah. work hard to get to a certain level Yeah. whereas that's not real life mm. you know you can have a 15 year old who's a multi-millionaire because he's developed an app so it's, it's very hard because then one good thing that that kind of approach has is trust in people around you because you're all on the same level, which means you look after each other more. And when I, what I found when I left the army is no one's really got your back. It's mm. every man for himself kind of, kind of thing. Even though the things that you learn in the army, honesty, loyalty, integrity, people have their own versions of that yeah in in Sibby street misconstrued as well yeah very much so and it's understanding that people could quite happily tell you that they're very you know they have that integrity and stuff like that but it means a very different thing to them their integrity is you know very very misguided with with stuff um but also that can come as a hindrance because you end up being a bit too trusting to others as well Mm. and and nine times out of ten that comes in smashes you in the back yeah but but this everything
1: sort of like comes around in full circle because this is understanding of like trust getting rid of people quicker but like going off there like so for me if, if i could sort of like go back um and do something a lot quicker would be um get even just pay for somebody to just look for like basic business advice something i didn't get i got not too late because then of the I'm, I'm doing well now it's just um that, that'll be one part and then the other one is just like from like basic accounts and then just going in like know your numbers like what you always talk about like what doesn't uh, doesn't get measured gets managed um, things like that so if if I went back there I just I almost sort of like brushed under the carpet and like had the same mentality of yeah get paid
0: uh, and it didn't sort of like board well yeah until later years yeah and who teaches you this you don't learn this stuff at school you know, and this is what stops people from doing stuff. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you, it, it is crazy. Because- I, I've
1: always got this thing, like, you know, like, um, I think that school in terms of, like, should have more... Maths problems should be life problems. So, for example, like, for me, if I could get in a curriculum, i say, all right, then teach kids about calorie in and out. Teach kids about protein, fats, and carbs, because at the end of the day, it's all numbers. Get them to start looking at food. Get them to... You mean, and and I know people say, "Oh, you make kids obsessed with food." No, you won't. You'll actually make them switched on, intelligent, and generally understanding because it all comes down to numbers. And then the same with uh, just working like a budget and stuff like that as well. Because yeah. if you look at these things, the other things that I do now, that if I'd have done ten years ago, I'd be much further on in a much better position than I am now. And yeah. do you know I mean? And when I say better position, uh, if you look at it, is I'll be able to help. Uh, more people, I'd be able to um, give more of my time rather than admit minute like sort of like, blocking and being really guarded with my time because I need to do X, Y, and Z. I think that's sort of like quite key, mate. Yeah, school's
0: fucked though. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I would argue that when you went to school, when I went to school, it was the same setup. Yeah, probably. and when my, when my parents went to school, it was the same setup. A load of kids in a classroom learning a certain curriculum, which they. I remember listening to Seth Godin, where school was set up in the industrial age for people to work in factories. Um, and when you look at it now, I mean, I walk—I I don't live too far from my pr- my um, primary school or secondary school, wherever it was. But the classrooms are the same from when I went in there. Yeah, I was and in the one like, the other day, and I, was, I got panic attacks. And it, but it's crazy because it's like that's not what life's like these days, you know, technology and 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 just the the whole setup of everything. I know there are basic fundamentals that you've got to learn, but what you really learn at school is personalities and work, you know, and speaking to people and it's very very different. You know, a lot of the things that you have to kind of get rid of as a adult were all formed from school. Mm. You know, you talk uh, I think I've spoken before about materialism versus minimalism. Yeah. At school I remember that I became more popular if I had a better bag and school jacket because it made me look wealthier and more popular because I, you know, and that was all based on what your mum and dad could afford to pay because no one had a job. And now my whole focus is now is like grabbing things from my wardrobe and trying to get rid of as much as possible and try and minimise as much clutter as possible because it makes me feel a lot better
1: mate get down at the where do you get down at the charity shops in chichester because they're going to be full of some <laughs> oh, swazi oh man <laughs> uh, and, right, i'll tell you now I,
0: anna, anna my wife she's selling all of this stuff on ebay i won't tell you the thing but she could probably get t- three times as much money for it but she's been selling a lot of my old clothes and but she's been saving that money for uh, us, as, stuff worn for the payments, as worn by jamie alderson as one but, do, um, <laughs> do you know why I'm not
1: telling you? Because basically Jamie buys two sizes too small, and that's why he always looks so a big. It's medium. It's medium. So go, going back to that, mate, it's probably like the same as, it's the fundamentals, mate. It's, it's understanding, it's the non-glamorous stuff that I just thought, fuck that shit. Yeah. And now it's the bit that's went right. In order for me to actually um, build and grow um, a better business, I need to understand that. So, Carol, if you're listening, I, I apologize, and I am taking on your advice after all them years. <laughs>
0: and it does. I mean, as of anything, you know, like uh, when I first got into this game, it was all about what I could have and what I wanted, and all nice car, nice clothes, and everything. Now is just like it's the, these t-shirts I'm wearing. I bought them because. I could do you, you not think that's an? It,
1: do you not think that's an
0: Asia confidence thing as well, though? Mate? It, is, it I, is. I. Yeah. I because it's like because when to a certain it's like anything to a certain extent you want to prove to yourself that you're worthy and a lot of that comes from like from a physique point of view you want to show that you know your hard work is paid off yeah and the same from a monetary value in the fact that you want to buy a few nice things just to let people know that you're doing okay because mm. that's a confidence booster in yourself at the end of the day and, and this was a, an interesting one totally a bit off tangent but not. I used to see this personal trainer who'd been a PT for like 30 years and he'd always drive around in this shit car with his branding on. Mm. And, I, and I had a bit of a smile on my face because last week he'd got a new new van mm. with his new branding on. Yeah. But for me that was like, I wouldn't drive that piece of shit around with my branding on because that says to me that you're a shit PT. Yeah. Because you're not willing to invest in yourself, mm. so why should anyone invest in you? Mm. Um, and that can be taken to the extreme. Because you don't want, you know, like you don't want to be driving up to clients' houses in a like a Lamborghini or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, love, what you do you? Working, what's going on there? But at the same time, there's a certain element of, you know, looking after yourself. You know, I will quite happily buy the same T-shirt, but only if that T-shirt looks good. Yeah, that T-shirt doesn't need to cost a lot yeah, of money. It looks good, mate. It's fine. But the, these costs, these are cheap. You yeah. know, you buy ten for sixty quid and it's just like oh cool I'll just buy 10 of those because I know that t-shirt makes me look good and it's cheap Yeah. Um, and but also when you look at some of the top guys it's, re- it's removing those decisions we said that Steve Jobs wore the same clothes all the time people say that Mark Zuckerberg wears the same t-shirt stuff like that I don't want to go to that extreme mm. most certainly don't but I want to make take some decisions out of my yeah, life that it, makes things easier it, it, it's
1: a good point that like you brought up there because one of the things that one of the, the issues that I've got with that right, uh, for example, is you end up just going through life in automatic mode and you miss it. No, because sometimes people go, oh, hasn't the year gone quick? And it's because you've probably just done, You habitually you've done the same thing and you haven't really been immersed in right now. So I, that thing of like, where where now, I actually um, consider the T-shirt that I'm gonna wear. No, because people say, oh yeah, there's decision fatigue. But I really wanna, it sounds a bit, Odd, but I really want to be immersed in that moment of oh, what t-shirt am I going to wear today? I'm going to I'm going to wear that one, and it's the same thing as like when I make. Uh, in fact, no, I don't make tea in the morning anymore because Becky brings me one up. <laughs> but like, so when I used to do that, um, I would always change like where I put the kettle because I didn't want to go in automatic mode because when I start going in automatic mode, I, I tend to sort of like miss part of the day. where it's always like, oh my God, what do I do there? So. Like for me, I think it's important to have a routine. But equally, um, you have to change that every now and again just to make you think, ah, oh, there's something sort of like different. I think that's
0: yeah. quite key. I think to certain things. I think when when you're at a level where that's working, then that's yeah. great. Um, when people are in a in a bad routine, mm. they need to any kind of any kind of subconscious habit mm. that you want to change needs conscious effort yeah 100% and if you're subconsciously eating crap if you're subconsciously not exercising you need to make that a conscious you need to put a conscious effort into that so you need to spend a lot of time decision making yeah
1: but that that's like awareness of, i think i think for people listening i think it's quite key there needs to be like certain habits when you have to get shit done and fast and effective and efficient, then that's it. But there's there's things in the periphery where you've just got, and again, it's probably going back to like um, having a break. And for me sometimes like having a break might be something smaller, doing something that's a little bit different. And that for me is like a mental break because I'm engaged in that rather than just going through, oh, it's almost like, yeah, keys go there. I'm gonna put this, I'm gonna put that there. And all of a sudden it's like,
0: yeah, I've Um, just gone into that again. Sometimes, and I want to try and get the kind of commonality with this, and Mm. one thing I find is when everything's going well and you're getting progress, that becomes boring. And um, Tony Robbins speaks about the six emotional human needs, and one of the scales that he has is certainty and uncertainty. Mm. And I think a lot of people have a lot of uncertainty with their health and fitness. Right. So... They're seeking certainty, mm-hmm. so they're very much focused on trying to find the answers. Yeah, sometimes once you've solved those puzzles, it can be boring as fuck because too much uncertainty is overwhelm, yeah, too much certainty is boredom. Mm-hmm. And I have found over the years, sometimes getting bored with this whole lifting weights and nutrition stuff because when once you've shredded to photo shoot condition time and time again, yeah. What next? Well, it's just a process, isn't it's it? It's just fucking yeah. like, oh, just just do that yeah. thing and you get that result. That's fucking boring, Jamie. And what really changed my perspective on fitness is when I stopped doing the whole bodybuilding stuff mm. and then started going, shit, you know, I'm an expert in this, but I'm a fucking amateur at swimming. Mm. I, I'm, I'm good at breaststroking, but I've got these people destroying. And it's that kind of beginner's mentality with it's the same fundamental of health and fitness and cardiovascular system and that. But it's just a totally different thing, and so me, you know, that really got me excited because it adds a bit of uncertainty. Yeah, cause I'm not as good as everybody else at that, and I'm loving that in my groups at the moment because we're doing monthly challenges. Challenge in Jan was 100 miles running. Yeah. Challenge in Feb was 100 kilometers swimming, and this challenge in March is 200 miles cycling. Is is that when you? <laughs> Is that when you ran that marathon that day? Oh yeah, Marathon, oh, marathon, like, Yeah, Marth yeah, yeah. I uh, was just
1: waiting for the, oh man, his dominance is gonna kick in. No, and it was like, <laughs> then, then you just need a little drop off of like, ooh, yeah, he's, he's in pain.
0: I'm done now, 70 miles done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I like to, you know, that excites me because sometimes fitness can be boring if you're doing the same things all the time. Yeah. Um, and the same, if you do the same routine, go to the gym three times a week and you're getting a result, it can be boring. And then you seek that uncertainty. But also I see that's where people self-sabotage because some entrepreneurs self-sabotage because mm. they, they're they excited when everything's burnt to the ground so they can build it back up. Yeah. Because everything's certain. They it's can like burn. that rebound. I used to have
1: that a while ago yeah. where it's like, I know, like, um, I've got this underpinning sort of a belief that regardless of what happens, I know that I'll always be all right. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is, Like is. I've just got that little thing that it's almost stopped me from dangerous points where I've just thought, do you know what? I'll be all right. Yeah, and and that that's that little bit that's it's always been the little bit, and when I when I hit that, well, I don't hit that anymore. Is when I used to hit that would be like, that would be my reset to go. Poof, time would just like come out all guns
0: blazing. Yeah, um, it can be it can be a dangerous thing. Because I'm always like for myself, I'm always making things more difficult than they need to be because they're not challenging enough, yeah. and then it comes round to bite me in the ass. Sometimes this is what I'm going to talk about next. Then oh, okay. Well, this is number four. Is this it? is like is is we, this we orchestrated this? Yeah. Let you this, speak.
1: So, so going off that same sort of thing is um, for me going back would be take more time off, and that would be daily, weekly, monthly. Uh, when I look back um at the work um i'd say rate in terms of like productivity it would just be well it is it, awful um and it's like and i think now is that the thing you can be what do you want to be right do you want to be tired and busy or do you want to be rested and productive and for me when i look back then i was tired and busy and i look and i think god how the hell that i get to where i am now because i was just awful um and again this this all sort of links in with like skipping like the divorce and jumping in and, and, and like filling myself with work and and i got frustrated because when i was in the military it was almost i wouldn't say like a stress-free environment but it was like a stress that i could accommodate because i was used to it whereas if other people come in they be like fuck i can't i can't handle this but i could do so much i could take like a insane amount of like work on and fire it back out the problems ran into when I come out in this all like civvy Street life went bang, I took on the same amount but didn't have, didn't have the same output because there was like too many different stresses, too many leaks that I sort of like pushed through and my mantra was fuck it just work hard and get through it Um, more, 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 more and it just gradually got to the point where like I walked into the gym one day and I thought, right, I've had enough literally key in the door, locked, walked back out and then I just thought, right, that's the time I had to stop. So if I could go back and I'd say to let people know, I think this is the point where I'd say, Hey, you don't have to go through in terms of well, maybe you actually do because then you mean my yeah. words might not mean anything right now, but for those of you who've actually been through it, is like right now, so for example, I have daily time off, um, where I just don't do anything. You know I mean, I switch everything off and I'll go for a walk because for me, it's like, a, well, was a horrible time as well because I come back with all these different ideas, but I, I shunt them ideas off. Uh, weekly, I think what you do on a Thursday is fantastic, mate. Um, and I need to really, me personally, I need to find a way of actually fitting that in with my week. And that's something I'm currently looking at. But like daily, weekly, and then monthly, I like to travel and therefore I always try and get away monthly. They're really important resets, and and again, if I went back and I think if I was brave enough, um, and I really mean that word brave enough, because I think it's like a challenging thing to actually accept it to, to take time off, that would have had a massive impact, um, because maybe I wouldn't have um, destroyed sort of like certain relationships, um, little things like that. So I think that's usually important even more so I mean if you look at that 10 years ago probably social media wasn't really that big even more so now I think
0: it's hugely important to actually um, take that time off yeah because I mean I remember when I first went on Facebook Facebook was something that you go on maybe once or twice a week and now you're probably doing 30 40 a day of you know picking up and doing it so you know social media has changed it has grabbed more of your attention um, you know, I've got I've got a thing on my phone which literally switches the phone into kind of do not disturb mode, which means I have to habitually um, go on it. It says that it's off. Mm. Then it says, and then I've got to press a button, and then it says, "Are you sure you want to go back on?" Yes. So it's that kind of thing where if I'm going past those two habits, there must be something wrong, and it's a reminder. Your phone's off for a reason. I was actually driving back last night from the uh, from the gym. Mm. And I had the music on my Spotify and it cut and it was eight o'clock. Yeah, was okay, like, oh. cool. I was like, but then I didn't go into my phone to do it. I said, music's done, switch the radio on. And it's just like, I have to be really brutal, like eight o'clock down talks. Like Anna last night said, oh, so and so, you know, you're going to speak to him. I said, no, not till Friday. Mm. So I oh, went, well, no, you need to. I was like, no, because. My phone's down at eight. It's phone swap Thursday tomorrow so I'm not speaking with anyone on my phone. Yeah. Unless I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it can wait till Friday and it can wait till Friday. So that's very different to me a couple of years back where I had the need to be be in the loop with everything, mm. follow every single thing in the fitness industry and just know, I used to know everything what's going on. Now I couldn't give a flying fuck. Yeah. Because it's like all of that drains my energy and my my creativity to help more people. So me being selfless, um, selfish now on Thursday means that it's time to shine on Friday. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll come back from here with new ideas, which we you know as we were discussing, mm. and then I'll be really excited, which is going to serve a lot more people now. Yeah. So it, it goes back to I think what what I said at the start is literally asking yourself the question:
1: What do I want? I mean, genuinely, like, what the fuck do I want in terms of from from my life and i think if you if you can spend time doing that which is a hard thing to actually get through when you come out the other side of it it's still like um you just it's almost like you cut through everything it's the same as like now i don't follow a lot of social pe- uh, media uh, sorry i don't follow a lot of people on social media and that's not a uh, that's not vanity metrics in terms of look at how many followers and stuff like is because like and again, I cycle people as well. I have people that I generally uh, enjoy their knowledge, um, but then I have other people where I go through certain phases of life where I just want to learn, so I come in, absorb what I need to do, and then I pull back in again. Um, it, it's funny, like um, I don't know if you get a lot, a lot of fitness like uh, like people listening to the podcast, but what I'll tell you now is, and this is what I want young coaches to do, and and here's a comparison. If you look in the metrics on your phone, right, and you add up all the time you spent on Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, et cetera, et cetera, um, what you've got to think about is, say, 10, 15 years ago, that was the amount of time coaches were spending on learning and immersing in clients. And I think if you really want to separate yourself, uh, and I'm talking about, remember, separating yourself, it might be, it's that thing of like one mil at the start, three years down the line or four years is fucking huge. The gap is astronomical. If you actually um had the courage and conviction to go, do you know what, I'll leave everybody let them do their thing on social media, whatever they want to do, and they go back into immersing in their craft, their clients, and all the things that they they want to get out of life, the, the separation will be huge, mate. I, I think yeah. that's sort of like, for me, that's quite key. But yeah.
0: Where, where's this kind of thing, you know, I, I talk about this one chapter a day analogy. You know, if you read one chapter of a book a day, you get 30 books read. If you committed one hour to do something a day, that's six times that amount of information. Mm. A year's time of immersing yourself an hour a day of something, you know, without fail, is a very, very powerful thing. And so many people tell me that they don't have the time to do stuff, but their their phone says otherwise. I used to, when I had my Training Mind seminars, I'd get people to go onto their settings, go into battery. And then I'd look on their phone, and I'd see that they've spent 17 hours on Instagram this week, and they've only posted twice. Oh, mate. And you're like, "What have you done for the? You know, like you've you tell me you haven't got time to post on Instagram? Yeah. You've done two posts this week. Yet you've spent 17 hours that on Instagram, crazy. and that's very easy to do. Mm. I would argue that probably mine's, I'd say mine's probably 12 to 13 hours on Instagram, mm. but a lot of that I can. Hand on heart side, not much of that is spent consuming. Mm. A lot of mine's is bit... actually messaging because, like, I suppose yeah, the yeah. danger yeah. there is
1: like people who know that message me, they'll know that I'll either send a video reply um cool. or I'll even give them a fist bump just to know that I've acknowledged the message. Because yeah. I still think that that's important to do yeah. that. Yeah, very but important. I think I think that's sort of like quite key. It so like that take more time off, and for me, like one of my daily um off is literally I've got like a, an egg timer at the back there, the old sand timer. That for me, I, I switch that and then nothing else goes on. And that's just time to literally do nothing but be with my thoughts. Um, and the beauty is with that is I've come out with like, so for example, um, combined strength was basically going for a walk and it ended up like a couple of hours um, because I just needed to get out and think, right, what do I want out of my life what skills do I actually have and then all of a sudden it was like right, well, I've, I've got body knowledge I've got strength condition I've got mobility I've got I can do all this and it's like well if I combine all them it'll be a strength and it was like combined strength shit I'm miles away I need to run back and get this written down and I was like fuck but yeah I, I think uh, that that's one that um Probably more it would have had a huge impact um, back in back then, but even more now. Like, it, it, we'll put it this way, right? That impacts my life better today than it ever has by doing that. I just need to get the weekly thing uh, done there, but the the daily and the monthly is is sweet, and that um, cool. yeah,
0: that wraps that up. So is that on to number five? Now, yeah, it? I think last
1: one. I mean, to, yeah. honestly, like I, I could probably easily rattle up through because I'm, I'm old, but um, I'll, I'll try <laughs> to keep it concise. Um, the, the, there's a quick one, right? And and again, the reason why I brought it here is like um, if I went back there, I'd stop working at home and I would get an office. Um, when I was at home, you just you're not as productive, and like, do you know what I mean unless you are super efficient, like anally, do you know what I mean? Like um, great with your time and you've got everything sort of like on point and you, well, you probably don't have a life, let's be quite honest with you. Um, I don't think you can be as productive you think you're at home. Um, there's an element, and people say, oh, like, yeah, like get up at the same time and put on these work clothes, bollocks. It just, people have written that, I, I just don't think are maximizing their time. And for me, like getting into uh, an office And just creates like it creates the break because we go back to this you need to actually rest and be um, you need to rest. Your home should be the place where you actually rest. Your home should be it's like it's why some people just act differently at home to online. I'm actually quite an introvert where people think, Man, you must be off the wall. And I'm like, I'm not. Like, I'm with people, but I actually need time to be on my own. I need time to really recharge my batteries. Um, I was never getting that because I was always working at home. Um, and it's one of the reasons why, like, so the example, this is my office, this is where I get stuff done. Um, and ever since I've done this, um, my productivity, uh, the like, the work that I produce is much better. The programs, everything that I do is literally born from the fact that I've actually now got an office, do you know what I mean? And I'm quite fortunate that I've got a gym right there as well, do you know what I mean? So for example, when I'm writing programs, I. When normally I would stop, I'd literally go right, I'd go in there, I'd run through the sequence. Does that make sense? Does that flow? Fuck yes. Come back in, finish your writing off. Wherever if I was at home, it's too easy. Like, I haven't got Wi Fi in here at the minute either. Uh, and I'm debating whether or not to put it on um, because I just sort of like get like, better stuff done
0: that way. Yeah. Um, and and this, this is kind of flipped over right? because I'm literally moving everything back to my home office. Mm. So my challenge is. How can I, at the moment, for the next six to eight months, my house is going to be my office. But I have an office of which the door can be closed once I finish work. So it's getting the routines there. And I have got good routine. Um, my videographer, David, I pick him up from the station. Yeah bring him down, go to work, mm. finish at four, I drop him off the station and then yeah. that door's closed. Yeah, I think that's quite key. So like there's, there's little, there's things you can do to
1: get by. Cause like, I mean, probably people are there, Well, I haven't got money to actually work in an office. Well, I didn't either. So I, I had to work at home, right? And I was efficient to a point. There was at one point where there was no start and no end time. So I'd always be working, therefore never have rest and recharge. But what I'm saying to people now is, if you have a definite start time and a definite end time, that's like the first one. It's like making the best of a uh, not so good situation. But what I would say is that even, and you'll probably know in about six months time, when you move back out and into an office, um, that you'll you'll produce sort of like different or better content because you're just in a different environment. And I think that's quite key. Whereas for me, I was um, on my kitchen table and it was just a, a, a bit of a nightmare. So, yeah, yep. if I could go back to that, and, and I think in the past, sort of like two years that I've had this, it's it's just been it's been different. It's been great to have it.
0: Yeah, and, and you've got to put your head in different transitions throughout the day. Right, for myself, at the moment, you know, I've been melted since coming actually back home because I haven't switched off, but I'm balls to the wall at the moment with stuff, and I'm and I'm reminding myself, hang on a minute, let's get back into the routines next week. It's Transition, transition, transition. Hmm. Doors closed. Close that door and do not open it until the next day. Um and one thing that I'm doing is like putting my mobile phone in there and then down tools for me will be that that time. That's that eight o'clock, I'm not allowed back in that office until the morning. And yeah. that'll work as well with my mobile phone. So it's just getting that into that routine and I find it easy to get a routine when you see a benefit from it. Yeah. Um, what enabled me a very successful phone swap Thursday is the first phone swap Thursday that I did, there was a huge drama in my group of a couple of people, hmm. um, and everyone was trying to resolve it till midnight, but they couldn't get through to me because I was off <laughs> my phone. And I switched on my phone, there was 100 notifications, and I was oh, you missed this, 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 and I had a massive smile on my face because it was resolved by 9 o'clock the next morning Hmm. and I couldn't have resolved it as quickly had I not had that time off because usually I would be the person checking the notifications I would have been up till midnight sorting it and then I would have lost my sleep Yeah, and I wouldn't have been in the right frame of mind to resolve it as I would have been had I not had the time off and resolved it in the morning so to have that the first week of doing phones what Thursday was the best thing because I was like this is the reward you get from doing that and as soon as you get a reward from doing a habit, it's very easy to keep consistent. Mm. So that is five.
1: Yeah,
0: that's a yeah. It's, it's that, that's <laughs> five, mate. <laughs> so number I can, one. I can, I can so go. to summarize, number one, it was.
1: I can't remember. <laughs> get rid of well, people. We'll, we'll, we'll go. No, we'll go uh, backwards. The. Uh, there's Take more time off daily and weekly, that's what we're talking about there. Take
0: more time off daily and weekly, yeah.
1: God, it's amazing when you use your training up there. Um, you can't read a book to skip an emotion.
0: Yeah. Um
1: oh, mate, the fundamentals of business.
0: Fundamentals of business, yeah. The boring definitely. stuff
1: that people don't want to go through. Yep. Yeah. Get rid of people quicker.
0: Get rid of people quicker. I
1: spoke about something at
0: the start, I think we're off-tangent,
1: so I'm gonna to have to listen to it again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was uh, about an hour and a quarter well spent. There's, some lot, there's a lot of knowledge bombs in there. That's kind of, I would say a combined 20 years of mistakes and things that we've learned from it. And, you know, if you have got something from those that you can implement, fantastic. A lot of people will still have to go through all these things themselves. But I think what's important is to understand is that you don't always need to make the same mistakes. If you take on board other people's, it can actually help you win the game a lot quicker. Andy, any passing words?
1: I think it's uh, it takes a brave person. Do you know what I mean when people talk about courage um, and moral courage and things like that? I think it takes an exceptionally brave person to actually just press stop on life and take a little bit of time out for themselves. Because I think in our, in our very nature, like humans were very given, and I don't think we should ever sort of like stop that because it's like a really good quality. But in order to really truly maximize and, and make a, a better impact, I think to really stop and reflect and think about what you want out our life and how you can actually enjoy your life a little bit better, that will, um, pour onto the other other people that you meet and I think that's German people say like um, social media is like a highlight reel in some ways I actually quite like that because I look at somebody snippets and I go wow that's wicked I want to look at somebody just to momentarily elevate me up in terms of like I know that I can do more and going back to if you sort of like listen to the podcast again I'd say is like Look, when you understand and you are really know who you are, you'll be able to look at other people's achievements at a different light, um, and that only comes back from being brave enough to stop and think, right, who am I? What do I want out of life? Like, how can I generally feel better about myself? Because when you actually do that, the impact when you are with or around different people will be so much different, and you'll feel a lot much
0: better. So that would be my part in words that's very very wise words well you have been listening to the mindset muscle podcast today and i will leave you with my favorite quote and that's what you put in your body affects how you look and how you feel and what you put in your head affects what you think and what you do and today you've been filling your heads with me jamie Ullerton, and andy mckenzie andy thank you ever so much for coming on to the mindset with muscle podcast ladies and gents thank you ever so much for listening and we'll speak to you next week Thank you. my time none of you people can tell me to stop my town my crown we know what it takes to be reaching the top we're reaching the top we're reaching the top we know what it takes
1: to be